Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And we're going to continue our line of thought of, oh, what a Savior, using our text. It's uh, been good to be here. I want to thank the church for these series of services. It's been as needful for me. I can say that to be here. And uh, we counted a privilege to be here with you all. You pray for us. We're leaving early tomorrow. We've got to assist and conducting a funeral, and so you pray for us, and then uh, get back to our own services for the Lord's Day, that the Lord would help and things, and uh, be with your pastor, and help him, he's been, him and his companion have been gracious in hosting us, and, and uh, I'm sure taken away from his study time, but uh, it's been good to be here. Luke chapter 22 and verse 31 and 32. It says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen Thy brethren. I want to speak tonight on the subject of the charge or the command of Christ. The charge or the command of Christ. You know, it's not <clears throat> it's not everyone would think that this would be the time where you would charge or command a disciple of the Lord. I mean, here he was, about to be sifted by Satan and go through something as tremendous as he was about to go through. And he was going to be uh, taken through something that he had not gone through before, and nevertheless, that's exactly what Christ did. And who knows the Lord's disciples better than the Lord himself? And who knows what the disciples need better than the master himself? And so he charged Simon Peter... With this, as we've said before throughout this, we might say, well, you know, Peter, he could use some respite. He might need a time to recover and to recuperate. But the Lord charged him and said, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. That's what he charged him to do. And 
we find here that the Lord would put him to work. And the Lord always knows what the child of God stands in need of. You remember the Lord himself, while he was here upon the earth, he made the comment to those who had the charge of him. He said there in Luke 2, verse 49, Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Isn't it amazing how so many want God's people to not be about the, their father's business, including some who themselves ought to be about the father's business themselves. Isn't that an amazing thing? So many will say, well, you ought not to do this or that or the other, or you, not, you ought not to be ch charging others to be doing these things. Well, how do they know what we have been charged with? I tell you, some uh, folks who ought to be spiritual are carnally minded, and they ought to be more spiritually minded, and they themselves, then they would know what the Lord would be charging others to do. Now, I'd like you to note, first of all, here this evening that he charged Simon Peter or he commanded him. He charged him or he commanded him. And we know this, we read it. He said, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And you know, if you'll turn over just a couple chapters to Luke chapter 24 and notice in verse 47, or verse 46 and 47, that Simon Peter was not the only one who was charged or commanded, was he? Why, the, the Lord's Church, the Grace Baptist Church of Melbourne, Florida, and every one of the Lord's churches has been charged. That includes you members. Every one of you members have been charged and are without excuse. Did not the Lord Jesus Christ tell his church in Matthew, he said there in Matthew chapter 28, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations or make disciples. He said, I have all power or all authority in heaven and earth, meaning there's no authority or power outside of me. Isn't it amazing that folks who claim to know something about the sovereignty of God yet refuse by their actions to go and tell a lost sinner about the Lord Jesus Christ? Downright shame. And then have the audacity to contradict scripture and tell me what to say and do when it comes to telling sinners about the Lord. Now look here in Luke chapter 24 and verse 46. And said unto them. Now just so we're not confused. 
We have it here in red, and that means the Lord's talking to us. He said, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Now there you go. There's the charge. There's the command. And that's been handed down, passed from church of the Lord to church of the Lord to church of the Lord, on down to you this day to be carried out in this very hour to preach the gospel and preach repentance and remission of sins to every creature. So says the word of God. And that's just part of the charge that he's commanded you to this day. And I tell you, that's the job that he's given this church to do. To preach the word, the whole counsel of God, beginning with the gospel. To make disciples by preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified unto every creature. Doesn't matter what uh, creed or religion or race or anything about them. Doesn't matter. But we're to declare the gospel of Jesus unto them. Now we find here that this is not, again, the only charge. I'd like you to turn over to Acts chapter 17. And you'll see here the harmony of the charges of the Lord. Acts chapter 17, and notice, if you would, verse 30 and 31. Isn't it amazing? The most harmonious book in all the world is the book of the Word of God, the Bible. And he charged sinners. God has commanded sinners. Notice, if you would, you that are here tonight and have yet to come unto God through repentance and faith in his Son. He's charged you. He's charged you that you would repent. Isn't that what we read? He's charged his church to preach repentance to you. And now we're going to read that he's charged you to repent. It says in Acts 17, verse 30, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Isn't that wonderful how God has everything in harmony? He sent his church out to preach repentance to every creature, and he's commanded all men everywhere to repent. And then he says, now I'm going to tell you why. Here's why you need to repent. Because, verse 31, he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. You see, he raised up Jesus Christ, and in doing so, 
He has assured you with an empty tomb that one day he's going to judge the world by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And you ain't got it. You don't have it. And you're never going to obtain it by your own works. And the only way that you can obtain that righteousness is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so he's charged you to repent of your sins that you might obtain the righteousness of God by faith. Boy, isn't this some of the most harmonious thing you've heard. Look over. Boy, I forgot to stop that alarm again. Look over, if you would, and uh, the Bible tells us here, if you would, in 2 Timothy. You know, we read the other night how that God raised up the office of pastor teachers, didn't we? And then you know what God does? He calls men into the ministry. And he qualifies them. He makes them fit for the ministry. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, the Bible tells us here in, in, in chapter 4, in verse 1, here we find that God charges men. And notice what he charges them to do. He says here, 2 Timothy 4 verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Now here's what he charges them to do. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come. Well, we're in it. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. And so here we find that he's charged, he's charged his church to preach repentance. He's charged sinners to repent. And then he's charged ministers to preach the word of God. And so it's just, just like the Bible says, it's line upon line and precept upon precept. It's here a little and there a little, isn't it? And it just all lines up together how that God has harmony upon harmony upon harmony. And all of this is in agreement with one another. And so all of these charges are together with one another. And you know, we're responsible to this. And there's going to come a day when the Lord is going to rapture home his church. There's going to come a day when 
The lost are going to stand and give an account before the Lord. And there's going to come a day, as he warned his ministers here in 2 Timothy 4, he said, verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, and he reminds them, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. You see, he reminds us all that we're all going to give an account unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's the one who gave the charge, isn't he? And so here he is. And this is the first thing that needs to be preached, the gospel to every creature. And so this is something that we need to understand. And I'll tell you as that we are in the 11th hour, to say the least, as we're drawing nigh unto the coming of the Lord, we ought to be busy about our Father's business. And sad to say, it seems as though we're the least busy about it we've ever been. We're more busy about everything else than we are about the work of the Lord. And it's a downright shame. And so the Lord, he's charged us with these things. And I pray that the Spirit of the Lord would get a hold of you and me and every one of us tonight and that we would be encouraged. The Bible still says that the fields are white unto harvest, doesn't it? That's never been changed as far as I can read. That's never been rescinded. It still says, go ye therefore and make disciples. So we ought to be about that work. Now, I'd like you to observe, if you'll return to our text of Luke chapter 22. If you'll notice here, in Luke chapter 22, the Lord Jesus <clears throat> tells Simon Peter, when thou art converted... Strengthen the brethren. And I believe that the prayers of the Lord would go a long ways toward him being converted. And I think that our prayers all will go a long way toward folks being converted as well. And I want you to observe here, what is it to be converted? What is it to be converted? Well, this word converted, as I understand it, means to turn back. There was a time in Peter's life when he had turned away from following after the Lord. And you can read ahead here, the Lord had told him about it. And he said, Simon Peter, verse 33 he said, and he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. Verse 34, and he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And you can read about that later on here in this chapter, how that Peter 
would deny the Lord. And you can read the conclusion of it there in verse uh, 60, 61, and 62. Let's turn there, Luke chapter 22 and verse 60. And let's read here these final three verses and observe here. It says, And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Do you see how Peter here had done exactly what the Lord had said? He had denied the Lord. He had turned against him. And the Lord says, when thou art converted, when you are turned back to following me, strengthen the brethren. That's all that it means is to be turned back. Look, if you would, in Psalm number 7. Psalm number 7. And I want you to read here with me, beginning at verse 11. Here's one of the conversions. You see, there's lots of conversions. You're only going to be saved one time in your life, but you're going to have lots of conversions. And in Psalm number 7, and notice if you would hear verse 11, the Bible tells us, it says, God judgeth the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day. If he turn not, see, if he doesn't turn from his sins and turn to God, he that is the Lord will wet his sword. He hath been his bow and made it ready. He hath also prepared for him the instruments of death. He ordaineth his arrows against the persecutors. Used to be, Baptists had preached sermons called, Turn or Burn. I'm afraid we've gone a far cry from that. We've gotten too doctrinal, too sophisticated. You know, we're afraid of scaring the lost, I guess. I don't know. But the reality is, is that's still Bible. And the Bible teaches us that one must turn to the Lord. Amen. Look over in Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. And we'll read here verse 6. Here the Bible says, Isaiah 55 and verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Notice this, verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, 
and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. You see, that's a turning unto God, isn't it? How about in the New Testament? Turn, if you would, over to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. So many people today, they say, well, God's got to turn them. Well, let's read here in the scriptures. First Thessalonians chapter 1. And let's read, if you would. And beginning here at verse 5. 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 5. And if you know the story about the church at Thessalonica, you know how that Paul went there and he preached the gospel and they believed after having heard the word of God. And the Bible tells us in verse 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that ye were in samples, to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith to God's word is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Amen. Now the Bible tells us here that these turn unto the living God. And boy, I'll tell you, that's what it is to be converted. Amen. And so this was the first time. And there will be times, because of the flesh that you and I have, where we'll turn away from the Lord. We know all about David. David turned away from the Lord. And there are times in the lives where other children of God turned away from the Lord, and they had to make things right with the Lord, didn't they? And the same is so with you and I, and the same is so with Simon Peter. Had to get right with the Lord. Turn over to the book of James, chapter 4. The book of James, chapter 4. You see, when the Lord saves you, you'll be converted. You'll turn to the Lord. And then when you make things right with the Lord, on down through your life, you'll be converted again. And that's what the Lord was referring to here with Simon Peter that he was going to have to be turned back unto the Lord. And maybe you're here tonight and you need to turn back to the Lord. Maybe you've been turned away from the Lord. Maybe you have been, are being sifted as wheat. Maybe you're following the Lord afar off. Remember some, this wasn't the first time the Lord had to deal with Peter, was it? 
There was a time there when the Lord had to say to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Thou desirest the things that are after this life. Boy, he had to get after Peter more than once, didn't he? Well, maybe the Lord's had to get after you. Notice here in James 4 and verse 7, he said, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Have you submitted yourself to God? Maybe that's the problem. You've never submitted yourself to God. Maybe it's been some years since you've submitted yourself to God. Maybe you've not bowed the knee and cried holy unto the Lord. Maybe it's been some time since you've submitted yourself and fallen prostrate down before him who's supposed to be your master and Lord and King. Maybe you've been telling God what to do for far too long instead of saying, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He said, submit yourselves therefore to God and then resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. I tell you, there's some folks who instead of laughing, they ought to be mourning over their sins and instead of having joy, they ought to have a heaviness of heart because of how they've turned away from God. And they ought to be weeping in all manner of things because they need to be converted. There's some folks who ought to be walking aisles, as the expression goes, but they ought to not just have an outward show of it. Israel had an outward show of it, and God overthrew them. And the same will happen to churches of the Lord, and the same will happen to his people today. The Lord said, when thou art converted. I like that the Lord said unto Simon Peter, and when thou art converted. Aren't you glad that the Lord didn't say, and if thou art converted. It wasn't a question of if he'd be converted. It was a matter of when he would be converted. I'm so grateful that it was, uh, as we said, that it was when thou art converted. You see that word there, art. He was going to be converted, wasn't he? Boy, God had seen to that. God would not leave him converted list. Do we really want 
to be converted. As a child of God, do we stand with a desire to, to draw and to walk as close to the Lord? Or are we content tonight to live like the world and to be as carnal as possible and to one day go and be with the Lord? That makes you wonder, doesn't it? Then I'd like you to notice, thirdly, he told him, when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Strengthen the brethren. Now this is the duty of every church member. This is not the sole duty of the minister of God. This is the work of every single member of the Grace Baptist Church. It's the duty of every member of the Bible Baptist Church in Plant City that we would strengthen uh, the brethren. And when you're weak, that every member might strengthen you. And I'd like you to notice, if you'll turn over to Acts chapter 18, the book of Acts chapter 18, and verse 23. You see, this is also a part of the work of the Great Commission. Some folks get so uh, concerned about uh, the evangelism evangelistic side of it and they forget about the strengthening the brethren there's those you know you've got the, the Billy Grahams of the world who with their false evangelism and they say you know oh now that you're saved you made this profession of faith you know join a, a church uh, to your liking or join a, a Bible believing church but they never tell you what that means and, and the reality of it is, is that you'll never find that kind of evangelism in the Bible, will you? You know what kind of evangelism you find in the Bible? The kind where they establish churches. Acts chapter 18 and verse 23, here's the Apostle Paul and how he was going about things. And notice what it says about him. In verse 23 of Acts 18, and after he had spent some time there, he departed and went over all the country of Galatia and Phrygia in order strengthening all the disciples. Strengthening all the disciples. See, we have to strengthen all the disciples. You can't just have your buddy-buddy in the church and you hang out with him or her all the time and that's who you strengthen 
you have to strengthen all the disciples in the Lord's church that you oversee. And, and so you have to strengthen all of them. Look in the 51st Psalm, Psalm number 51. Notice what David says after that the Lord had dealt with him concerning his sin with Bathsheba. And remember, Peter, he had sinned in denying the Lord three times. Notice here in Psalm 51, verse 11, 12, and 13. Again, strengthen the brethren. You know, Peter was charged with, excuse me, with this duty. And he wasn't charged with taking a break. He wasn't charged with laying there and, and well, licking his own wounds, so to speak. Psalm 51, verse 11. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Notice. After that the Lord raised him up. After the Lord forgave him. After that he restored unto him the joy of his salvation. Not restored him salvation but the joy of his salvation. David didn't lose his salvation. He lost the joy of it. And when God restored the joy of it, he said, here's what I'll do. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. And that's what Peter was charged with doing, was strengthening the brethren. Well, look at the 104th Psalm in verse 15. How do we do this? How do we strengthen the brethren? How do you go about doing that? Well, you know, when a person is sick, you know, they need medicine, don't they? Another thing you do for folks when they're sick is you feed them certain things, don't you? Well, everything that we need is in the Word of God, isn't it? It's, it's the Word of God. It's the Lord himself. He's the living Word. The written Word is him. And notice the 104th Psalm in verse 15. It says, And wine that maketh glad the heart of man and oil to make his face to shine, and bread which strengtheneth man's heart. Remember what bread is symbolic of in the Bible? The word of God. I've never eaten bread that strengthened my heart. except for the word of God. 
You want to strengthen the brethren, feed them with the word of God. Don't feed them with your suppositions. Don't feed them with your anecdotes or your this out of the other. We got enough of Job's friends in this life. You know, that's what his Job's friends didn't come to him with was the word of God, was it? And so we reiterate tonight, if you're here and you're without Christ as your Savior, as we have communicated to you each and every night, that there is no other name given under heaven among men whereby you must be saved than the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are saved, that you look to him that you might say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? That if you are or have been sifted, that you'd cry unto the Lord, that you'd look to him for what he'd have you to do, that you'd strengthen the brethren, that you'd be strengthened by the brethren, and that you'd continue on in the work of the Lord that he's called you unto this day. He's coming, and his coming draweth nigh, and then we're going to give account of what we've done in this life, and it's going to be too late. Too late for sinners to cry unto him, and too late for you and I to serve him anymore, as far as this life goes. And so may the Lord bless his word. Brother Bourne.